Moncrief on News Talk. It is indeed time for the parenting slot. Joanna Fortune joins us once again. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joanna. Sean. Uh, first question is this: My five-year-old has some hearing issues that we're all aware of, thanks to his amazing junior infant teacher, and hope that grommet surgery will resolve the issue. But in the meantime, he has difficulty hearing words and, in turn, saying words. A few of the kids in his class have noticed that he says things wrong, and it's really getting him down. We have books that we read at home, and he's, st- he's starting to memorize the words so that he will say them right. And class. It's causing him a lot of stress. There is one boy at his table that seems to be causing most of the issues. I've spoken to his teacher, who really is doing all she can. But the other boy gives my son a very hard time making fun of his speech. He comes home crying, and the odd day doesn't want to go to school. Should I talk to his mom? They are so tiny. I'm sure the other boy doesn't even realise what he's doing, so maybe a gentle word would suffice. What would Joanna recommend? I hate that he is a year in... And this is his experience already. And I hate that for him too. But I I do think it's so wonderful that he is, you know, with such kind, astute, you know, caring teacher who has picked up on this, has acted on it. That's so amazing. And as a parent, this parent has done everything you would be advised to do when your child is having a hard time. You know, you've spoken to the teacher, you've spoken with your child, and now you're at a stage of, well, what do I do next? What's the escalation point? And I suppose, yes, you absolutely could speak to the other parent. And particularly if you have a sense of the other parent and you, you know, you can infer how this might land and how they react. Mm. If that's something you feel uncertain about, though, there is something I would suggest you look at first, because this is happening in school in class time. Yeah. Okay. It's now a pattern of behaviour from one child to yours. And um, on that basis, I'm wondering when it comes to who should speak with the other child's mother, maybe it should be the teacher. Yeah. You know, maybe the teacher, instead of addressing it with the kids in the class, could say to the parent of this child, We've exhausted direct avenues of, you know, trying to address it in the classroom. We need your support because it cannot continue and it has to be addressed. And I think, you know, children who are, and this parent is so empathic themselves, but look, they're tiny. They don't mean this. Mm. Children this age are really curious. And anything that is about difference sparks curiosity. Oh, that's different. And your voice sounds different. And you say words a bit differently. And being curious is not the same as being unkind. Yes. And I think that's the point here. Like, Lots of children would say to another child, for example, a child who might be using a wheelchair, why don't you get up and walk? Why are you in that chair? That's not about being mean. That's about being, I really don't understand why you're in that chair. So a part of this could be addressed. I do want you to speak with the teacher about going to the parent. If that doesn't work out, you might need to do it yourself and you'll be the best judge of who is best placed to Mm -hmm. make that first point of contact. But with your son at home, I think you could also help him to explain Well, yes, you're right. I do say words a bit differently because my ears aren't working very well and I'm going to have an operation to fix that. Yeah. Most kids that age would be like, ooh, wow, you know, that's interesting. (laughs) And that would satiate the curiosity. If a child is like, oh, and continues to poke fun, we're in a different territory then. Mm, You know, I think you could also give your son some lines that are, you know, that's not kind. 
stop it. My feelings are hurt. And there is a little system. Actually, it's often used in primary schools where the children are encouraged if something is, you know, hurting their feelings or is not kind for them, that their first thing is to say stop and put their hand up and say stop it and then move away from whoever is causing you distress and go play with other people. That may not be possible if it's happening at his table, by the way, in school, mm. but maybe he could be moved. And then That's the third I'm step is tell a grown up. Yeah. This is it. So, you know, but it may also, I'm wondering could be happening in the yard or class, yeah, you know, something, or, yeah. you know, in free play or Ashter time when they're moving around. It could be a little more subtle than directly. But if they're at the same table, I would certainly want them separated. But stop, move away, tell a grown up. Because sometimes saying stop is enough to address what's happening. Mm. And we want to empower children to deal with these things themselves. The second stage, well, that didn't work. Now I need to move away from you. Oh, that's still not working. Now I need to tell a grown-up. So they see the escalation process themselves. It's not tell a grown-up everything, but it is tell a grown-up when the other two things didn't work. Yeah, absolutely. Role play it out with him. Give him some lines. Teach him that kind of stop, move away, tell a grown up and absolutely link in with the school and say, we got to hit the button here that you need to talk to the other parent. Is five too young to get the grommets in, I wonder? No, I mean, or are they on a waiting list? Maybe it could it, be just it, that. Yeah, it sounds like there's a waiting list for it. And there are, you know, there are waiting lists for everything oh at the moment. God, I mean, yeah. I wish we lived in a society where every child, the minute they have a need, can be seen and addressed as it should be, or at least within what would any person would deem a reasonable time. But actually, wait lists are very, very long at the moment. Yeah. And the grommets is a fairly easy, it's a very simple operation. And it's it could not make such a, a difference. difference. And hopefully yeah. it will resolve this for him. Yes, and not to worry that parent. They can fall out. I have one <laughs> who had to have the grommets put in three yeah, times. I'm familiar Mostly too. because rooting in his ear uh, was, <laughs> was, was his hobby at the time. <laughs> right. My uh, 14 year old came home from a football trip on Sunday that the whole team were on. They had a bonding day at an adventure centre and then food in a shopping centre afterwards. I sent him off with 20 quid for food as everything else was paid for. When they all came home and hopped off the bus, they were all wearing these brand new football jerseys. I I knew he didn't have money for it. So when I asked where they got them from, he eventually told me, after a lot of questioning, that he stole it that they all did it and he just went along with what his friends were doing. I couldn't believe it. I never thought he would do that and follow the herd like that too. The adults on the trip assumed they were all bought and thought nothing of all these kids with brand new outfits. I took him back to the shopping centre the next day, made him apologise and thankfully the store manager didn't take matters further. I really wonder, does he realise how serious it is to shoplift seeing as he was so easily swayed? He moved on from all uh, pretty quickly too. I feel like giving him a tour of prison or something to jolt him into realising the gravity of it all. How should I talk to him about it and make the messaging stick? Oh, I could not count the amount of times I hear this question in my work like this. And I don't say that to go, sure, they're all at it. Don't think anything of it. Actually, we do need to think about it because, you know, stealing and I often think, Sean, you know, stealing is the behaviour that can really trip a parent up. You know, it can be my child. I can't believe they did this. I've raised them better because as parents, it's the it's one of the things that we really feel is a reflection on us 
as much as our children. So mm. it can activate a very strong reaction. And often, and you know, maybe it's what you did, because I mean, you clearly have a line of questioning that can elicit information. So I'm impressed I know, by yeah. the way. Yeah, yeah well done. A lot of questioning. I immediately go, what were the questions? How did you get this? But you did get it from him. And I think, you know, as parents, we can feel, look, why would they steal? We give them everything that they need and a whole lot of what they want. And actually, I wonder, is that partly the issue? You know, if children, you know, can be so used to getting so much. Yeah. It's given to them. They don't necessarily have to earn it or work for it. That not all kids have an appreciation for that money has to be earned. Yes, it has value. Well, There's meaning. Yeah. And it can breed a sense of entitlement. And, you know, so I want it. I must have it comes in. And mm. just to kind of go through the steps, how quick this can happen. You know, it can be a sense of when I want something, I want it a lot. Okay, so immediately there's increased importance on my desires. All right. Mm. Once I'm there, it'll go very quickly to, well, if I want it a lot, I must have it. Okay, Mm. that's the whole thing. So a sense of urgency that shifts it from a want to a need. Yeah. And once it becomes, if I need it, I should have it, we're in entitlement. And if I enter into entitlement, then not having it is actually unfair. I need it and not having it is unfair. So then I get a self-righteous stance that translates into getting what I feel entitled to. And if I don't, there's an injustice against me. So I took it. So what? So did all my friends, blah, blah, blah. Yes, I went back and that was a bit awkward and uncomfortable and I had to apologise. But now I've moved on. So you should too. Mm. And it can be infuriating oh as a God. parent. To look- <laughs> this parent is turning her hair out at this point. <laughs> no, to look at this and go, why am I the one who's really upset and bothered about this? I didn't do it. Yeah. So you did the right thing. Back to the shop. Apologise. The manager was very decent about it, by the way, given they clearly got fleeced by a whole busload of kids yeah. that day. Um, the club, I also think, need to deal with this, you know, because mm. they had a group of kids, a cohort of that group, at least, engaged in this behaviour while under supervision of the club. Yeah. So the, I'm not saying now the club are responsible, it's their fault. What I'm saying is the club have a club issue with their players yeah. who did yeah. this. So actually clubs are a, and that kind of community organisation are a great way for adults who are not your parents because it's easy for kids to eye roll at their parents. Oh, if you're always going on about something. It's different when your coach says, hang on, that wasn't okay. Mm. That really wasn't okay. And here's what you're all going to have to do to make amends. And I do think those kids should be encouraged to do something at a community level to give back in response to what they took. Yeah. Um, you're talking about giving them a tour of the prison. So I see where you're going with that, but I'm going to bring you back a bit to if you have a community guard who you know or a community, and I don't in any way want to make the community guard sound like a scary person because actually they're an incredible resource for young people in the community. Mm. But on that basis, if the community guard would come and have a conversation, again, it's about just hammering home the seriousness of this, that there was an implication. Um, He's 14. It's super hard during the long summer to get 14 year olds jobs, but find jobs for him to do, even if it's mowing the lawns of all the neighbours or whatever it might be. Um, Chores at home and encourage him to get into volunteering. Okay, don't force him to do something because, you know, people don't need a very reluctant, grumpy teenager in their organisation. But at the same time, find an interest where he can give back. If he's into sports, maybe he could volunteer at some of the summer camps with younger kids and do some coaching. And I really think you need to sit and have a conversation with him. So all of the kind of entitlement pieces to kind of put some context on 
Why does this happen? How is it that this can happen? And it happens quite a lot. But now it's what you do next. So a conversation, owning your feelings as well. I was shocked. Mm. I was really hurt. I was so disappointed. I think in growing up, there's nothing worse than your parent telling you they're disappointed in you. You'd rather they're shouting than disappointed. But tell him how disappointed you were and why. And that it was very hard for you to bring him to that shop and have to say what yeah, he did. Mortifying like, yeah, to have Exactly, to do that. and to name that. So I think you don't want to go on and on and on. He has to be allowed to make repair for this, learn from it and move forward. But so do you. And if you're not convinced he has in how quick he's moved on, mm. then there's more of this conversation to be had. Yeah. Yeah, good luck with that. Uh, right, OK, uh, next question now. We are on half term. Uh, so uh, there might be a lot more little ears than normally uh, listening to us. So the, the the next question is on a very delicate subject, I, I should say. So uh, just I, I just want to give warning on that uh, to anyone listening, if they mm. uh, would prefer to turn down their radio at this point. We've had a horrific story emerge in our town about a father who was sexually abusing his children. I won't go into the details for obvious reasons, but the kids in school have all been talking about it. My nine-year-old came home and was really confused about what he was hearing. I had heard about the family, but never even thought about preparing for a conversation with my own children about it. I don't think I handled the conversation well when my son asked about it. I told him not to worry, that it would never happen to him because we wouldn't let it. And it's not something he should think about. How stupid of me. Of course he's thinking about Mm. it. So how do I go about discussing it with him? How do I bring it back up? What should I explain about sexual abuse in families? I don't want to frighten him, but we only had the talk last year and now there's this terrifying reality in his little world. Indeed it is. It's a terrifying reality for for any of us, um, just to say that. And, I'm, you know, you've caught yourself in this, but when we tell our kids not to worry and don't even think about it, we're not reassuring them. We're telling them to stop bringing the worry to us, but Mm. they keep worrying. So you're right. Of course, he's thinking about it and he's worrying and he's upset because this is upsetting. You know, so it's a congruent expression of emotion. Typically, Sean, when children are under seven, I would say as best you can, and acknowledging when something is all over a community, it's very difficult to to do this. But under sevens, I would try avoid exposure to news like this, minimize radio, newspaper, conversations, things like that to protect them from information they're not ready to deal mm. with. If and when they do hear bits and pieces, you can't ignore it and say, oh, don't be talking about that. You want to catch it and say, you're right, something bad happened, but lots of people have intervened to make sure that anyone who was hurt is now safe. And you, you know, so you give a holding sentence that isn't a lie, but you try to redirect and distract then. Children, though, this age, between seven and 12, they they do know, as you've learned here. Um, So you start by wondering, what is it you know? Tell me the story of what you've heard. And you glean from that how they're understanding. That allows you to clarify misunderstanding. Oh, I see where you're going with this actually. And you bring them back to bare facts and then add in any small details that would help their understanding and check in over the next days. And 
How is that feeling for you? Have you learned anything else? Have you thought any more about it? Teenagers absolutely know, assume they know, yeah. but you'll still maybe have to fill in gaps of what they know. I want. I think you need to emphasise that all children deserve to be loved, safe and protected. And very sadly, some children were hurt by their dad who did a bad thing and the Gardaí and social workers who are special grown-ups to help children are working to make sure that those children are and will be safe. It's sad and it's scary to think about and you can bring those feelings to me and I will help you with those feelings. All of that is true. All of that is appropriate. But be very aware of your own thoughts and feelings. This is devastating in a community. It's devastating for any of us to hear it. Mm -hmm. It's okay for your child to see that you're upset, that you're angry, that you're confused. And it's okay for you to say, we've been talking about this a lot now and I feel I need to hit pause and not talk about it for a while. We can talk about it tomorrow. Let's get a hot chocolate and watch your favourite show together and have a cuddle. And you're allowed to do that because you, you mind your child in this by minding yourself. You know, we need to offer hope without being minimising what's happened and mm. without dismissing feelings. So it's about being factual containing it within your relationship and the connection you have and acknowledging that difficult things are difficult to talk about. Yeah, because even, and you're right, for a nine-year-old, for a 39-year-old, the safest place in the world suddenly is the most dangerous place in the world. And something you've never thought of that even from an abstract point of view, because he's only learned about the talk, as it's called here in Mm. inverted commas, but you know that you never... You never knew this was possible. Yeah. That such yeah. a thing could happen. So that is utterly shocking on so many levels. And so you do, it is a bad thing. It should not have happened. It did involve children being hurt. And a lot of people, good, safe adults are now working to make sure everybody is safe. And that's not to kind of sugarcoat it, but it is to redirect focus away from a perpetrator and towards the people who are helping because that's really important for kids to know that most adults are kind, good and supportive. We don't de- we're not denying a, an adult can make very bad choices and do very bad things. Mm. But we also want to reassure that most adults are good and safe. Yeah. So this sounds like it'll be more than one conversation, probably. Oh, and, well, and it should be more than it. one conversation yeah. and it will run for some time. And it may be that then it disappears for a, a period of time. Yeah, yeah. And maybe if this turns into a legal case that is back in everybody's mind and conversation mm. in months, times from now, you may have to revisit it. And every now and then it's, you know, let's have a check in. Where, what are your thoughts and feelings today? Like, where are we thinking about? What are we feeling about? You can always bring that to me. Yeah, indeed. And yes, people are texting Mind and yourself say, as well. Yes, absolutely. And people are texting and say, it's not half term, it's Easter holidays. Yes, of course, time is flying. But they're home. But they're home. It's <laughs> yeah. all the same thing, really. Joanna, thanks a million Thank as you. ever. Moncrief, weekdays at 2 p.m. on News Talk.